Welcome back to another episode of the Event Buzz podcast presented by Purple Pass. Today's episode is for professionals out there trying to boost their online traffic. Maybe someone who is constantly asking themselves the famous string of questions, how can I make my website more discoverable online? Why is my engagement so low? Why is nothing I do working? Today's guest is Elma Biganovich, a digital marketing authority and founder of A&E, a full-service marketing agency. As one of the top New York City's lifestyle influencers, she has been named a leading influencer marketing expert by Forbes, Business Insider, Financial Times, Entrepreneur, and many more. Elma, thanks for coming on the show. We are so excited to have you today. How are you doing? Thank you, Savannah. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, So let's just jump in. I wanted to just um, start by having you do a brief introduction of who you are, uh, a little bit about A&E, so our listeners know who's talking to them today. Sure. So um, yeah, about us. um, Basically, yeah. um, So Amra, who is also my sister and business partner, we started in late 2012. This was before Facebook even had its pages out. Um, world before then. But um, yeah, we started and essentially we started as a blog. At the time, there weren't that many do-it-yourself um, blogs. And then essentially, um, we you know garnered, I think it was like over the first three months, over 100,000 monthly visitors. And um, that's when brands started approaching us. Um, essentially, we you know shifted to as, as social media grew, including Instagram, um, we switched to social media, grew to influencers, got over 2 million followers. And then essentially companies that started working with us as influencers, they asked us, you know, can you do something else, you know, with us? Could you essentially replicate your same model of success on social media? So, um, you know, we, while we didn't know at the time, we essentially became an agency, a digital agency. So we started doing services, anything from growing their following um, to influencer partnerships and now to Google ranking. So, you know, we're able to rank businesses number one on Google using, you know, their, you know, competitors, keywords, for example, Google keywords. So yeah, anything essentially digital to just um, to channel into sales. I like how far it's came from just starting from your blog. What did you, um, what was your as a theme? What was your blog about when you first started? Yeah, (laughs) so sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, at the time we had, you know, like I said, they were, there wasn't that much do it yourself content, actually not, you know, not much yeah. at all. Um, at the time, you know, there, you had Vogue, you had Insta, you had Cosmopolitan, Harper, Harper's Bazaar and so forth. So these essentially, you know, big publications were kind of telling women, you know, what to buy, where to go, you know, essentially how to feel. And so, you know, what it obviously happened, you know, the media distance itself, you know, at the time it wasn't very interactive. So, um, wasn't very relatable. And I think our content, the way that, you know, our followers described it was basically, it was like a prettier version of every day. So it was more relatable mm-hmm. and, um, the content, you know, it spanned from, for example, you know, travel to Croatia on a budget, which everyone was interested in to, mm-hmm. you know, how to make a face mask out of your kitchen ingredients. So, you know, this was kind of on theme with Lush at the time. So yeah, people wanted this, like, do it yourself. They wanted something that was more relatable, more affordable. And so I think we addressed that market and therefore, you know, had had quite a bit of traction. Yeah. And I think too, that you guys were so far ahead of the times and the trends 
that really <laughs> helped a lot. Cause right now there's, it's so much competitive. If I was like, I'm going to go do a, do it yourself blog. Like it's everywhere you turn, there's everything. Right. Right. Yeah. No, at the time there was no, at the time there was actually only like five influencers. (laughs) So, and you know, we, we started looking at them and following them. So, and we thought this is, you know, Mm -hmm. especially I have to give credit to uh, Amra, who was mentioned my sister and business partner. I think she was a visionary in that sense that she really saw, you know, that, that Instagram and then, you know, influencers would essentially explode. And so we got onto Mm -hmm. that. Um, but again, I don't, at the time, no one knew exactly, you know, how it would pan out. And okay, awesome. Yeah, I was curious how you guys got started like that. And that's great. I have an older sister, too. And that sounds like we have a great relationship as well as I'm sure you and your sister do to be business partners. So that's yeah. just, that's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been great. It's been challenging, but it's also been great. And I should mention also that you know, before we started this, I was at Georgetown Law, I was doing my own in securities and financial regulation, and Amma was working on World Bank projects. So we were both in Washington, D.C. We had these sort of like serious, you know, professional trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously took a, a complete, yeah, deviation from that path. Yeah. You never know. You never know where life's going to lead you. That's for sure. So just to dive in, we have a lot of our event promoters listening. And one thing that kind of has seemed to pop up a lot during this pandemic, um, a question is marketing, obviously. I'm curious, have you seen a big change in marketing practices during COVID during this pandemic? I know a lot of people are spending more time online, spending more time on social media, if that's possible. The TikTok (laughs) movement. I was just curious from your perspective, how you think marketing has kind of evolved during this time, if it has. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, we've had, you know, we've had more than ever, um, requests inbounds, um, about, you know, our services. So digital marketing, I think essentially everyone's, you know, going into the digital shift. Um, so meaning, you know, e-commerce mainly and essentially what a pandemic I was reading the other day, um, a, a data study, but basically accelerated like by five years into, the future, like in terms of the e-commerce and online shopping. So yeah, people are spending more time online on their mobiles. Um, so that obviously really kind of, you know, shifted the dynamics from, you know, from physical location, obviously because of the lockdowns as well. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, in terms of, you know, online and promotion and, and marketing, yeah, it's been very, very, yeah, kind of like abruptly changed. So, um, and then obviously what has helped also is, you know, social media is also developing technologies so anywhere from, I don't know, on Instagram swipe ups to track your, you know, essentially ROI or traffic to, um, you know, IGTV to Instagram live, um, people is essentially to Instagram shopping as well. They've been really, you know, kind of using, yeah, using all the tools available. So essentially, now, you know, anybody can, you know, kind of get into the game in terms of to be seen by millions of people if you're you know, savvy enough to use the technology available. Exactly. Now's the time to become um, an entrepreneur and just go for it. I mean, maybe not with the pandemic, but because technology, our technology is amazing. And like you said, growing rapidly and everything you need is available. And so... 
I COVID has definitely pushed us well into the future really fast, especially with remote work. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And obviously for us and I'm sure everyone, it's been a really tough year. It's been a tough year specifically for events. I'm curious to know I, how has your past year, what, what did it look like for you guys? I know you said that you have actually gotten more business, which is amazing. But when it comes to being an influencer, I know that's a big thing being limited to traveling and, and, you know, having those hands-on experiences, especially when it comes to working with clients who, who need, whose services are hands-on and they specialize in different products that people kind of need to see. How have you guys navigated that? Yeah. So in terms of, um, you know, for influencers, you know, most of our work, you know, about, you know, 95 to 97% is just revolves around their agency. So actually, like, very little do we do as influencers. But I know in general, from influencers we work with, and that we, you know, have in our personal network, um, you know, it's been, you know, we even did this panel discussion, it was actually a virtual event through Entrepreneur Magazine. And um, basically, the influencers, we were all talking about this sort of stay-at-home economy. So you can no longer showcase to your followers, you know, some beautiful travel destinations. And they may even, you know, look tone deaf if you <laughs> go there and take the risk yourself because people are not obviously in that, in that mood. You know, some may argue, well, they still want to dream, yes. Um, but so basically, you know, the way to, you know, win your followers, you know, attention is also to be relatable, um, meaning, you know, that they can, you know, they can see themselves doing what you're doing. So, you know, basically the stay at home economy shifted to, you know, workout videos shifted to cooking, even gardening. So, you know, anything revolving around the home, um, and sort of your, you know, everyday look and what, you know, day to day life looks like right now. So yeah, influencers have also had to adjust and like, again, like saying you can't be tone deaf. So pretending this is not going on and, you know, some have outright gotten backlash who did, Mm -hmm. you know, go out or disregard or they, you know, tested positive for COVID and still went out. Um, So, you know, some have even like taken their accounts private because of the backlash, because of their behavior and some have publicly apologized. So kind of, you know, others followed suit as well to see that you know in these times, especially because social media is so interactive and people have more time on their hands. So they're gonna be more busybodies, if you will, or yeah. more active online, they will, you know, they will give you their opinions and, and feedback. And sometimes they're very strong. So yeah, tread carefully for, you know, for influencers included. Yeah, that's a good point. I think now with um which I, I love how we're our everything's changing how we market is changing. And I think people really value authenticity now and being real open and and raw. And I really like that we're coming to that instead of being Photoshopped, edit and edited and, and fake. So like you said, be real, adjust with, um, adjust with your audience, what they need. They, like you said, they don't need travel pictures right now. Maybe they need tips on how to stay in shape at home, working at home and being as, a teacher for their children. So yeah. adaptability is key, right. I would think for influencers, but and yeah, then for your clients w- working with them. Cause I mean, I'm sure it's, well, actually, I don't know. Were you hands-on before or was it a lot of zoom calls in the past or. No, we were, you know, we were very hands-on before we had, you know, uh, 
events, mm-hmm. um, live events, um, you know, that we would host and we would also invite influencers and caterers and work with hotels. So yeah, hands on, um, they would come to our office, um, here in Times Square. So, um, but now, yeah, it's, it's shifted to calls, um, or Zoom calls or Google Meets. Um, so yeah, everything is essentially, you know, all, all the coordination part, the introduction part, everything <laughs> has shifted yeah. to, um, you know, virtual. So that's been, you know, it's been interesting. But I mean, obviously for us, I think we're fortunate in the sense that it, that it is doable for obviously other businesses. It's not, but yeah, businesses too, they're trying to be creative in terms of, you know, how to address their target demographics. So for example, you know, within the beauty industry, you have a lot of, you know, orientation towards self care. Um, and then the video gaming industry, for example, has been blossoming and that's obvious, um, because of, you know, people's daily activities are limited. So, you know, some industries have done really well and some of, you know, like the travel industry and fashion industry too have really taken a hit. Um, and even fashion industry has had to, you know, pivot. So, you know, for example, focus on active wear. So, um, yeah, they're, you know, every industry is looking for opportunities and, and looking how to adjust, you know, mm-hmm. considering our, our lifestyles right now. Yeah. Yep. It's all about keeping up with the trends. Okay. So switch it up. You guys, you and your sister are obviously big influencers. That's how you kind of grew this business. For people looking that are interested in that kind of entrepreneurship, becoming an influencer themselves, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you could give them? And I know for a lot of people, I have a few friends that have been trying to be like influencers for a while and they they come to a point where they kind of hit that marker of followers and engagement that they stay at and they, they, they struggle with getting their, their growth and, and boosting their engagement. That's the biggest challenge I see with them when they're trying to grow their account. So I'm just wondering if you had any like piece, one piece of advice you would give someone that's looking into this kind of. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, something that's really important to consider. It's basically, you know, for influencers and the reason they're so valuable is because essentially they become basically mini production houses, if you will. So they're like basically studios um, that are producing this, you know, incredible for, you know, for their resources given content and that others are, you know, you know, they basically stay glued to because if you look at, you know, production and yeah, studios, you know, like ABC, um, Universal, I mean, they have, you know, a lot more to work with when the content they produce. So Influencers are quite, you know, it's, you know, they're a huge phenomenon because they're able to do this with like two people. Um, and so I would say, you know, people trying to break in or, yeah, get past, you know, it, it content's still king. Um, and, you know, you know, whether it's on Google or in social media. So you have to really be creative with your content and understand your own brand. Um, and so, you know, you become distinct. So you become memorable. Um, but then you also have to, you know, basically, you know, invest a lot of time into the content production planning. And um, obviously, as, as you go further along, you will get better and better, but always keep your brand in mind. And I think with that, you know, word of mouth marketing, nothing substitutes that. So if you can figure out your content strategy, I think, you know, you're, you know, at least halfway there in terms of getting, getting your followers. Mm-hmm. And for businesses who 
want to make influencers part of their marketing strategy, how would you, what would you suggest for them looking, looking into forming these types of relationships? Like what's the, the, what would be the approach for a business that wants to reach out to an influencer and maybe form a partnership? I think, you know, advice for businesses, you really have to know the, you know, the influencer market. I mean, now it's become so vast. So you have to, you know, if, if you're within the beauty industry, really like roll up your sleeve and understand who the, you know, what we call the epicenter of influence um, is in that space. So for example, you know, I'll use fashion, you know, there's Chiara Ferragni and there is, you know, Brian Boy. Brian Boy has fraction of followers that she does, but he's just as influential in the fashion community. So, um, you know, and in fact, she follows him. So, you know, anything that you want to set a trend, you can go to him for a fraction of a cost, for example, than her because of the following. Um, so yeah, you have to really, really know you can't just, you know, you can't have an intern or, or somebody who's, you know, fresh out of college. You basically have to have a professional <laughs> who's going to handle your influencer marketing strategy. Um, and I think that, you know, there's no getting, you know, there's no shortcuts and there's no way getting around that. Um, so that would definitely, I think, <laughs> would be a, a good starting point. And you guys specialize in, in that as well, right? a and e, someone came to right. you, that's what you guys do. Right. So we do, you know, variety, obviously influencer marketing has evolved. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do a variety of, you know, services, for example, you know, we had a fashion brand um, from Europe approach us and say, you know, we want to do basically uh, exclusive collections with a certain set of influencers, basically celebrities and mega influencers. And they would just, you know, we'd use their face and their likeness on our website and they designed this like, you know, five, six piece collection. And so, you know, things like that, like limited collections to just, you know, paid partnerships in terms of they post something for the product. Um, or, um, yeah, like, you know, it used to be events or trips and now it's, you know, turning to virtual events. So yeah, different types of, you know, they could be, you know, for example, zoom calls and panel discussions and Instagram lives. So, um, but where, you know, they basically have their followers join and then talk, you know, with someone from the brand, for example. So yeah, it's a variety of different types of partnerships or even forming a, like a brand partnership with a, you know, vitamin brand, and then having the influencer sell, you know, have a namesake brand under that vitamin brand and sell through their own website. So yeah, it's a variety of different partnerships um, that we do services based on obviously the brand's needs and based on our advice to the brands, how they should, you know, approach their influencer marketing strategy. Yeah, influencers have become such a huge, huge trend. And it, it's hard for people that... um are, are traditional and are, aren't used to this. And we kind of <laughs> been pushed into the future really fast. So I'm like, you need to get online. You need to look into these partnerships, look people that are really hesitant about social media. And like, you have to be on that. You have okay. to, whether you like it or not, you kind of have to go to where the audience is. So right. kind of forced us to either evolve or, you know, jump off, jump overboard and get out. <laughs> um, right. I guess so just to wrap it up, keep it brief. I wanted to end with the question or at least um, any a tip that you might want to leave the listeners that are, like I said, kind of slowly coming into the transition online, um, new to the world, new to social media, Um, just something you might want to say or where they should start if if it's a kind of like a, a new experience to them. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, they should start that no matter, you know, what size the business, um, you should, you know, you can start small, but make sure, like I said, it's, you know, working with a professional, don't think that you will, you know, get away with, again, hiring an intern or, you know, someone who's, you know, fresh out of college, who's never done this. So hire, yeah, a professional, someone who's mature. And even if they take baby steps, it's okay. Because, you know, that, you know, one baby step, you know, from somebody who knows what they're doing, um, it's, you know, going to get you, you know, 10 times further than, you know, having somebody who has no clue, um, you know, working on it, like, you know, 20 to 40 hours a week, and then you would even have to go up and, you know, clean up the mess. So don't, that's, I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes that somebody who doesn't know this, they can dismiss it easily and say, well, you know, my niece can do it. <laughs> um, no, yeah. they, can, they cannot. It's, it's, it's way too evolved for that, you know, phase. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say, yeah, start out with a professional, like, even if it's something small, it's better than, you know, like do nothing or I said even worse. <laughs> I don't know which one actually is worse. Um, having someone who's, yeah, completely inexperienced, yeah, to, to start something or, yeah, to throw, I think also to just not understand how to budget with influencers that can quickly turn into disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, social media is a full-time job. <laughs> if you yeah. want to see, if you want to see real engagement, you got to be like commenting, you got to be engaging, liking, following the trends 24/7. It's like a dedicated role and I don't think people realize that. Yeah, it's a very much dedicated role and then, you know, also make sure that you have someone from the technology side work mm-hmm together with someone from the marketing side to set up basically, you know, you need, you need a way to track your uh, conversions, your traffic, you know, what happens in the consumer decision journey, why do they drop off? So mm-hmm. um, you basically need to have an integrated marketing approach. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So you need a whole marketing team for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out for joining me. Um, and I know you have a busy week, so I'll let you get back to it and enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. Okay. Thank you, Savannah. Thanks.